I'm Lisa Kiss, and I'm the host of Be Mindful Podcast. I'm also the owner of Be Mindful Studio, a virtual studio and community that exists to merge astrology, mindfulness, and meditation. My intention is to support your spiritual well-being to allow yourself to come back into harmony. I'm an astrologer and mindfulness meditation teacher, and I created this podcast for the modern woman to feel grounded and learn to live with intention through astrology. I want to inspire and encourage you to be a little more mindful in your day-to-day so that you can start living a more purpose-filled, self-aware life that you love. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Be Mindful Podcast. Today I'm here with Vika Bradford. She is a fellow astrologer, but she has a focus on karmic astrology and past lives. So I'm really excited to talk to her about this because I am super into all this and this is definitely not my specialty of astrology. Um, So we just connected on Instagram. I honestly don't know how I found her account, but I'm really happy that I did. (laughs) So um, Vicky, did you want to sort of introduce yourself and who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I also don't know how we like found each other, but so glad that we did. I love when that happens. Um, I'm Vika Bradford. I ended up in karmic astrology I don't even know how, like, I guess the planets just guided me. Um, Everything just guided me in that way. I work with um, a lot of past life energy, a lot of wounding. Um, I focus specifically on sort of the shadow aspects of the chart so that we can heal them. Um, I just noticed when I was reading, when I started my astrology apprenticeship that I just happened to go there every single time and I couldn't stop it. So I was like, there's something here. So I just dove in and um, yeah, everything I've done for the last maybe 10 years has been, it's been around shadow work. It's been around healing body, mind, and soul. Uh, and this was just really the, the final piece was working with karmic astrology, past life astrology, so that we could kind of work through our pain rather than become victims of our pain. And so that's just kind of what I do. Okay, cool. And then I know your big three because I've seen them on Insta. So you're, what's well, going up on Vir- Virgo season? So you're Virgo sun. Yeah. You have the Leo moon. I do. And Scorpio rising. So I do. You want to talk about your big three? And because even the words that you say, like heal, the healing, I feel like it's so Virgo, but then like the shadow is so um, Scorpio. So do you want to talk about your big three? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because like Leo Moon, of course, all I do is talk about myself, right? Um, And then even Scorpio is very um, personal, even though it's kind of like that meeting between the two of like personal, non-personal, but it's still so like me, me, me. Um, So I'm always talking about my big three. Um, And it is, it's such a, a big archetypal energy for me to tap into all three of those because like I have the priestess the witch and the queen and it's just like I really step into those energies and there is it's all about healing which is that Virgo sun where I just I want to heal people I want to help them uh really really kind of sort their patterns out and heal the the broken weaves and stuff in their life and then there is the depth of the Scorpio rising where I'm like, I'm willing to go into the darkness. Let's do the shadow work. Let's look at the scary stuff. Right. Um, but then my Leo moon kind of helps all of it be a lot lighter and a lot more playful. And so when 
my people work with me there's there is heaviness in the work but we do it with a lightness because leo just brings in all the play and the laughter and we we laugh at our wounds right we laugh at the pain um we play with it because it can't always be so heavy so i am appreciative of my moon <laughs> yeah and um you mentioned you just said like the archetypes um so for example i'm cancer rising gemini sun pisces moon which i feel okay. like an interesting combination totally lots of water so cancer rising would be the mother um the, you said pisces moon yeah would be the mystic and then gemini yeah. uh gemini what was that gemini rising Sun, Gemini. Sun, Gemini, Sun. Okay, so like I call that the intellectual, uh, right? So you have this like blend of this like mothering, but very intellectual and mystical energy. It's just like this, it is such an interesting blend, right? Yeah. And I really love to tap into the any energies in the chart through the archetype because it kind of helps us understand ourselves better. <laughs> like we can tap into what does it look like? in our, our vision and our mind of, to be those energies, to be a Pisces moon. Like, what does that look like? It's like, it's the mystic, right? Yeah. As I've gotten older, like I always knew I was a Gemini. And then when I discovered my moon sign, I was just like, oh my God, I relate to it so much. Like, I mean, I work, I work for myself. That's because I have an Aries, um, Saturn and Midheaven. They're like conjunct, but like I work nice. by myself at home with like my so I can be creative and just go off into my own little world and do stuff and I never understood that because I'm like I thought Gemini's were supposed to be out being crazy social people but I'm like no I go like inward a lot so definitely like um I really connect to the moon and then I took your like free you had an offering the I don't know what it was called the karmic something with the self was it the the like workbook through the karmic um points I think so because I realized my south node is conjunct my moon and I was like huge oh and like you I learned that from you and I was like oh my god why didn't I see that it's because on astro.com they don't put the south node on they don't computer. oh my gosh I'm so glad you looked into that because that's like with my readings I always turned on the south node right um, because so many people miss those points because they don't turn it on right and there's even like certain aspects that they don't turn on as well um, there's a point where you can say like turn on all connecting aspects and you'll see all of a sudden like there's a line between this and this that you're like wait a minute what so i'm so glad that you found that that's huge you're you're um i have a south node moon conjunction as well and it's such big energy right it's such karmic energy yeah yeah it just because yeah the north node in virgo is like conjunct my mars in virgo so i know Ooh. i always have to go to that virgo point when i'm feeling like all stressed with the mutable energy and even have like a t-square that releases in virgo mm -hmm. but i always feel so i feel like in that in that Pisces energy and it's like how to get out of it but I still love all this mystical stuff totally and it's a part of you right one of the biggest um, conversations that my my teacher brought to me and I've brought through is like a lot of astrologers teach us to get rid of our south node like it's like you're getting rid of it you don't want it and no 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 why would you get rid of something you've spent lifetimes mastering right it's just that we want to 
um, exalt it. We want to stop being in the shadow of it. Uh, for me, it's Leo. For you, it's Pisces. But we don't want to get rid of like what to get rid of your mysticism would be heartbreaking, mm -hmm. heartbreaking. So and yeah, and then leaning into like the Virgo with the mystic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always find myself somehow researching stuff about like health and organizing and details, but I'm still like, I want to just like go off my own little woo woo world, but it's like, yeah. yeah. And that's part of your superpower is like both, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, um, I think my, my teacher actually said this, um, with the energies of Pisces and Virgo is like bringing heaven down to earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So people can look at their like south node to kind of look at past life stuff, but are there, are yeah. there other like big points that you kind of look to? Totally. Yeah. So south node, Pluto, um, moon, the moon is like emotional karma. And then you can look at houses as well. Like the fourth house is going to show you a lot of your ancestral stuff, but also it's like another revelation of um, subconscious tendencies you've been living for a long period of time. So looking at the IC uh, right under the midheaven is going to help kind of tap into like, what is your subconscious root system that you've been doing over and over and over and over again. I also look a lot at what's going on in the eighth house um, that reveals a lot of karmic stuff when we're looking at that scoop. So, uh, I was going to mix Scorpio and Pluto together there. Um, that Scorpio Pluto energy, it helps us tap into a lot of karma and in the 12th house as well. Um, 12th house, we can look at and think about it like what you were doing when you passed. So if you think about like the chart for a second, how it's kind of a clock, right? Um, so past life wise, I would think of it like we're going through Aries and we're moving through our chart until we pass in the 12th house. So what you were doing in the 12th house, what energy you were working with in the 12th house is like what you were completing in the past life. And then you were born again into your rising. So if you have stuff in your path, your 12th house, it's like you were finishing that stuff up and you didn't get to. And that's why it's kind of hidden. It's like we're revealing all that stuff you were finishing up. And then if there's nothing there and it's just a sign, it's like you were working through that sign. You were kind of mastering and working that energy force. Um, and then you stepped into the next one. Okay. No one's ever explained it like that. That's so interesting. My It's fun. My Gemini energy is like, oh, I have like so intrigued. I have my chart like on my wall in a frame because I always. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I love whenever, it. Whenever I'm doing videos, if I'm looking up, I'm like looking at the chart and like, that's so interesting. My 12th house starts in, um, in Gemini. Cause I'm like, I'm a 26 degree cancer rising. So it's in like the higher degrees there, but my 12th house is empty. But, um, I read when I read charts for people, they always, I don't think I've read a chart where there's an empty 12th house. I don't know why. Interesting. I, even when I was getting like my hair done and I was doing my hairdresser's chart and she had like a stellium in there. Uh, one of my ex-boyfriend had a stellium in there. And I'm just like, why What's do going all on? these 12th house people <laughs> coming to me? Totally. And there is such a, um, such a signature with who comes to you, right? Uh, they always end up being very similar in their energetic patterns. Um, or like, there'll be like one common thing where you're like, I know why you came. Um, so that would be such a like powerful thing for you to explore. Like, why are these 12th house people coming for you? Yeah. 
and they yeah. always like will ask me questions about what I do. They're like fascinated by it, but I don't know if they fully, um, I don't know if they fully believe it, but they're like intrigued in a way. Like totally, they might think it's a little far out there, but they're definitely interested. But I don't know if they're like scared or something of it. But mm. yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting world to be in because half the people kind of like roll their eyes at you and then half the people are like, tell me more. Um, so it's just a, an interesting thing where half people don't even think you have a job when you say you're an astrologer. They're like, oh, so what do you really do? Yeah. This. <laughs> yeah. I found that like because I'm a Gemini, I can't just say I'm an astrologer. I have to say I'm something else too. Like, of course, I, I'm like, I, like I'm certified in so many things. So I was like, oh, meditation teacher, astrologer, and meditation teacher. But I really want to use astrology now to help people like in their businesses. So now mm. I'm like, okay, I'm astrologer and conscious business mentor. Like, I always have to do two things. Something I'm a Gemini. Such a Gemini thing, right? Like all my um, high Gemini people are just like every certification they must have it or they don't feel. Um, like they're enough almost. And that's such a Gemini Chiron energy too. Uh, and do you have Gemini Chiron? No, I have Libra Chiron. Okay. In the house. Yeah. Okay. It's it was such a, like, um, such a Gemini vibe to be like, I need all the certifications. Yeah. Um, I, I see it all the time in my chart readings. Yeah. I think I have like 12 now. Like I have, I've, but what I, what I, I learned about um, chart, I'm always learning something that's like a Gemini thing, but there, um, it's called chart perfections, like perfection. Okay. And um, I don't know, like I never really say my age, but I'm only like 24. And um, I feel like I come off older or I don't know, but um, apparently 23 was like a 12th house perfection year where like you Ooh. go really deep into um, spirituality. And I'm like, oh, I did that because I got like 10 certifications and all this spiritual fascinating stuff. and then now 23 yeah age 23 like something interesting like, yeah interesting because then, then I guess 24 it's like a first house because if you go like one through 12 like through the houses and I'm like okay so now I'm like starting in the first house it's like my new identity after doing all the spiritual work so it was cool totally to yeah totally and that even relates to my journey like my awakening was around 2011 but it wasn't until 2013 when I was 23 2013 um, 2014 where I actually like dove in and started doing my Reiki training my crystal healing training my like all of that happened at that 23 year mark so that's fascinating I got I have my Reiki as well <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> Yeah. Love it. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I want to, because like I, oh, I lost my train of thought, but okay. on your Instagram, you mentioned something about Pluto and the moon and like a square between them. Mm. So I have this square, so I'm fascinated. I wonder if other people have it too. I forget what um, it's called, but so that would be the Hades moon and it's not just a square. So any aspect between Hades, uh, Pluto and the moon is a Hades moon. The square and the opposition are the harder like versions of it. Um, whereas the trine and the sextile are like, it's there. It's just not as intense. There might not be as much pain um, or there's like a, a assistance 
from the universe to kind of help you through it. Whereas like, I love squares and oppositions. Of course I do. Uh, but because they, they create um, that challenge. Right. And when we have squares and oppositions, it's like something has to change because there's no way around it. Whereas if it's sextiles and trines, it's like, ah, we could change it. We could not change it. Everything's okay. Right. Um, and the Hades moon, it's like, one of my favorite energies, uh, I have it as well. And I would say 90% of my people have the Hades moon. Um, we're generally all drawn to each other because of that similar experience uh, of just like, it's the, the, the connection between the mother and like Pluto coming into this great, great conversation about power and control and our mothers and overmothering and undermothering. And um, it's almost like this psychic cord between the mother or whoever is the mother figure in one's life. Um, Cause that, that can be the father sometimes and it can be like adoptive mothers. Um, but it's like a psychic cord that needs to be broken because it has like an unhealthy energy moving through it. And that's not to say we need to cut the cord between our mothers. Um, there's like a cord of love, but then there's a cord of toxicity that comes through with the Hades moon that we need to be very aware of um, in healing our relationship with that mother figure and all mother figures. And then our children as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was like so cool looking at that because I feel like every time you look at your chart you can see something different or every day like you, you just see something you didn't see before and you're like oh my gosh what does this mean and then you go into like that researching mode yeah, yeah. it's endless it really is like when people are like is this everything like you can tell me from a reading I'm like no we could go for years and never be done. Like it's, it's endless. And I, I love that because you're right. Every time you look at your chart, you can find a new piece of yourself um, and kind of uncover what that means or how that could actually help you live in greater alignment or just like this little piece of yourself. Where you're like, Oh my God, I, I felt that my whole life is that, that where, where it comes from and like, wow. Um, so it's so beautiful. And then I don't know why this just came to me, but when you read charts, do you do the whole chart system or the, um, or the I do, you do okay. I do. I use whole houses. Um, that's just, I mean, it, we end up teach often reading the way we were taught. So my teacher read in whole signs. Um, I love whole signs personally because Virgo, I like things very clean. Um, so when I look at any other house system, my brain is like, no, because oh, I like my clean pie squares. Um, also, there's like a theory around Placidus. Do you read in Placidus? That's how I was taught, but I've been studying the whole, uh, okay. the whole houses right now. And I've been reading... Um, like like when I read my like where my transits are I try to look that way but it does move some of my oh yeah yes but I'm like I really like that my Gemini son's in the 11th house but when it switches it goes Pisces but I obviously can still relate to that because the Pisces moon but it moves a few things around but I've always thought it was weird how the how the slices are on mine because it's 26 degrees cancer so mm. it's always like there's like other energies maybe affecting my houses but I kind of look at both and I guess totally. I can look at both because my Gemini is like okay let's let's see absolutely this yeah we'll see both sides and like neither are wrong right um they are just different interpretations of us and it's just like 
us in real life, there's always different ways to look at everything, right? If we're in the Gemini North node right now, look at things differently, look at two sides, like always. Um, and I get what you mean. Cause when I look at my Placidus chart, my brain like breaks and I'm like, I can't handle that. My, um, my Venus and my Mercury go into my 10th house and then my like stellium moves out of my 10th house. And I'm like, no, um, but it's such an invitation to look at things differently and be open and stop being so Sagittarius, which is like that firm belief system, right? Be a little bit more playful. Um, there is a theory around Placidus that I'm going to throw out there because it's fascinating. Uh, now this isn't about the other ones like conch and like other other ones but placidus the theory is that the roman catholic church created the placidus house system in order to debunk astrology and make it less effective so i just kind of sit with that sometimes and i'm like hmm are you like were you created for that reason and i just i'm just curious because there's no we'll never know right we'll never know uh, but it is interesting because if if that was a theory to make people be less connected to say where an energy force is in their chart and kind of roll astrology off as not so real, so fascinating. Okay, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, I find that so interesting because like I went to Catholic school for 14 years and now I like probably they'd probably just like all my teachers would be like, now you're an astrologer. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. Um, I don't even, I just say spiritual, but I think because of yoga and meditation, I, I pull more into like, the Hinduism and Buddhism mm. practices, but um, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, I'm going to like yeah. research that. And yeah. It's fascinating. Um, just cause like, I mean, there is theories around us, especially around the Catholic church, like taking people's power away, right? It's essentially um, no religion is bad, nothing is wrong, uh, but there are theories, not even theories, like you can just witness a lot through the past thousands of years of the disempowerment that has been provided. Like you have to t ask permission to talk to God through the Catholic church, right? You have to go through the Pope rather than you going through yourself. Um, that's kind of, the idea of what I see, if that was to be true, it would be like another piece of like, you can't look to your own guidance system. You need to ask for someone else's permission to speak to God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I've been like looking at transits and everything, like going through every, like, and so like for Leo season, that's my second house, but th there's a lot of Leo in my chart, like in the, that first house, but like, I don't think I'm a Leo rising at all. Like I don't mm. identify with any of that energy. So it has been interesting to like read the transits through the whole houses. Totally, totally. And like just exactly different interpretations of a similar energy. Yeah, I still yeah. don't know how I feel about the the sun in the 12th house though but I mean it might explain my introvertedness but I don't mm. know yeah there is an energy with the sun in the 12th house of like hiding your yourself right hiding your um hiding yourself from shining and being visible in the world okay mm -hmm. yes. so again just like another look at things yeah yeah uh yeah. And then I have like my Venus is in Gemini too. So I guess, I guess that would make, like I said, I don't have an empty 12th house. I guess it would make my 12th mm. house planets in it. And maybe that's why people are like, what's. Oh, interesting. 
maybe that's why they're coming to you. Maybe. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're like discovering different parts right like just like we said every single day we can find different things and if I were to look at like different house systems right now I'm in my own chart I'd be like wait a minute yeah. this like is completely like I would find things where I, I resonated really deeply with them for sure yeah yeah and it would move my mercury from the 10th to the 11th, which I kind of like that. There's still that Aquarian because I, I really totally. resonate with this. I have like a little bit of an Aquarian theme in my chart, but mm -hmm. yeah. It's um, it, the 11th house is beautiful. That's where my Mercury, Venus and Sun are. And it is a, a beautiful place to have that stuff. I mean, it can be a little tiring because we want to fix the world, but <laughs> but it is a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess with the whole houses, I guess just other another question is like, um, like, for example, my friend, their chart, um, they have like intercepted houses with the placidius and there it says their midheaven is in Aries, but like the 10th house would start in Taurus, but it even shows on the whole house, the MC in Aries. So like, how does that work? So what essentially what happens is that that so their Aries would be whatever house their Aries would be, whether it was the ninth or the 11th, their midheaven would end up in that house. Um, so essentially like based on time zones and the earth axis, when you're born like the, the, that four tiered angle um, can be shifted so that it's like kind of crooked. So I have a lot of people who have their midheavens in the ninth. I have a few people that have it in the 11th. And essentially it's like this added flavor for their career. Whereas like they have their 10th house being like, yep, this is your career. But like there's an extra destiny point where like you're bringing in say 11th house energy, like you're bringing in collective work, right? Or ninth house, like you're doing the like quests and truth and um, expanding. So you'll see, and then sometimes in the, the whole house, you'll have your IC at the bottom, like in the third or in the fifth. And it just brings like a different flavor into things. Okay. Yeah, because mm -hmm. their chart, they're, they have the Taurus 10th house and they're very focused on like money, big salaries, all of that. But then they also have this like really strong leadership, like listen mm -hmm. to me, I want to be in charge attitude. Totally. So I'm like, but like, which one is it? Okay. Yeah, it's both. It's both. I like to um, describe for my people like the chart is like pizza slices <laughs> and like you have the dough, right? That's one flavor. Um, and then that would be like the house. And then you have the sign would be like the pizza sauce. So now we have two flavors. And then whatever's in that house is like the topping. So now we have like a bunch of flavors going on. Um, and then you could throw that mid heaven as like this other flavor. So all of a sudden the flavor profile of the 10th house is like more than just dough or more than dough and cheese right it's like now it's like pepperoni pizza or um something more and you're just like whoa like there's so many layers going on and that's where we really can tap into like who we are is like through all those layers okay yeah i use the pizza slices too i like do it. you i like love it <laughs> i don't know I think it may yeah totally it helps like people understand I have a mercury retrograde natally. So it like everything is metaphors with me. Um, and it helps people kind of like grasp it, right? Rather than saying like, this is this, 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 and this because of this. It's like, okay, why? Well, this is what it tastes like. <laughs> okay. And then you mentioned planets retrograde. 
I, I think you again, I'm like on Instagram and then I was like, oh my gosh, do I have any planets retrograde? And I have some outer planets retrograde, but like, does that even have like the karmic influence as well? Yes. I should have said that at the beginning too. So I, I love that you brought it up because that's another thing I look at for karma as well. And past life information is retrogrades. Um, so of course the outer ones, there's more common because they retrograde for such a long period of time. Um, but it still is denoting like energy reworking karmic things we've been through, um, rejected energies is kind of an energy you can look at as your, your retrogrades is like you rejected something or something happened with that retrograde or like that planet, let's say, where you were like, I didn't learn my lesson or like, I didn't get all the information I needed or something happened where I, I turned inward. And in this life, I need to like really reflect and go inside myself in order to learn whatever that lesson is. Um, so yes, I definitely always look at retrogrades. They were probably my first favorite thing. It was like Pluto and retrogrades when I was learning where I was like, ooh, this is my stuff right here. Um, so always looking at those for sort of like lost information and um how we can discover things we may have like rejected in past lives and what we're looking to learn in this life. Yeah. So I would say the inner ones are a little more intense. Like our personal planets are a little more in, not even more intense. They're just like a little more, they feel a little more personal, right? Cause they're, those planets are so expressive through us naturally. And then those outer ones, like they are big, they are our work. They just don't feel as intense as like a Mercury or a Venus or a Mars, um, even a Jupiter. Well, yeah, Jupiter ish. Um, but like definitely Mercury, Venus and Mars is like, that stuff's like in your face. <laughs> yeah. I think my, like, if I can like read my chart, uh, my Uranus, Neptune and Pluto are all retrograde. And I think um, the Chiron is retrograde as well. Okay. So yeah. More. So like definitely inner reflections around all those energies mm -hmm. around like, why did you, why and what did you experience in order to feel like those energies weren't naturally, naturally safe for you to explore. And so now it's like, you have to go inward to feel them. Yeah. I have to add that to my like list of things. To study. It's endless. <laughs> it goes forever. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And then I'm trying to think, is there something that we haven't talked about yet for a past life karmic point? Okay. We talked about the houses, retrogrades, moon, Pluto. Um, the other thing I've been working with recently is Lilith. Um, so she talks to where we have lost our female empowerment and sexuality and sensuality um, and just our like raw wild woman and this is for the man and the woman like because we all are both right um, and so I've been really tapping into like she actually started talking to me so the planets talk to me really loudly um, Pluto like screams at me sometimes I'm like okay um, so she started talking to me like two months ago and then I just realized yesterday through my studies that um, Pluto is conjunct my natal my natal Lilith asteroid right now 
And I was like, oh my God. So literally he hit that, like he actually, I think maybe is retrograding away, but he hit 26 degrees Capricorn and Lilith was like, hi, like, let's talk. And I was like, who are you? Um, so Lilith is like how we can look to our past lives of like where we've given our divine feminine energy away where we've sort of sacrificed to the patriarchy um, and where we've literally like taken our wild woman and shoved her in the closet and been like be quiet child like you're not allowed out right um, so we can look to Lilith and I would say looking not to the asteroid Lilith but to the black moon Lilith instead you could look at both um, but the black moon Lilith is really where we're looking like where did we lose that power of our, our womanly wildly like sexual sexuality and pleasure of life and just the ability to like be raw um, that's another karmic point I would look to as well okay yep. my black moon Lilith is in Virgo okay I don't know if it's conjunct my Mars and North node but I know it's in Virgo and I remember reading about it like um the perfectionistic tendencies so that's something that I've worked with to be like, okay, it can't be perfect. Just like post it, just, just do it. Like, totally. Such a Virgo thing, right? Go into that procrastination. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just do it. Um, yeah. That's literally my life in a nutshell is like having to just do it because if I don't, I won't. The Virgo will be like, just maybe later. Um, yeah. And with Lilith, like that's such a big and Mars as well. Like big energies and we can look to those planets like Mars and Venus and stuff like that that's such a like deeper thing with the past life um I would start to look at like the aspects at that point and um if they're hanging out with your Pluto and your south node and your moon and um your Lilith like those things would definitely start to talk about like um, male influences with Mars or aggression or past like warring um, you could look at that but then Venus like we'd look at past relationships past um, like when Pluto and Venus are hanging out we know like something ab possibly abusive relationships have happened possibly um, mentally controlling obsessive like relationships have happened so we can start to tap into those two it's like this multifaceted thing at that point yeah um so random but like when i know when like an outer planet is close to the sun or moon it's like a really intense energy and my cousin um just had her third baby recently so i she sent me like the birth time and everything and i immediately pulled up his chart and um he has like I mean the energy currently right now is like I feel like kind of crazy so it is this little baby has all this like his chart is so interesting I believe he has um okay let me see so he was born as a, a Taurus so he has Uranus like right oh, now yeah. and his he's an Aquarius moon so he has like Saturn near his moon and I'm like oh my gosh I I don't know how that's going to play out in his life but I'm like he's gonna feel like a very strong sense of um, responsibility, I feel like, or he's just going to be like kind of a different kid growing up. Totally, totally. Yeah. And these kids coming through for the last like um, last year in 2020 and then the kids coming through right now are going to have like such a big role to play in like the restructuring of this world. Like we don't even know what's coming in 30 years because these kids are going to literally re re 
imagine what we see as reality because they're coming in with those kind of connections, right? Like Uranus and sun, like that kid's going to be rebellious yet want responsibility, but like feel plagued by responsibility, but be like, we have to change everything. Right. Um, but, and then I, I know a few kids that have come through with like that, um, that big stellium that we had in Aquarius last year and like they're going to come through and like just ready to rage ready to change everything right it's going to be very interesting yeah and then my cousins like I'm the only girl cousin right now that is not having babies and I just don't really want to but then my other cousin she she just had a daughter and I believe she had moon like Sun and Sagittarius. So like, I just adore her because Gemini Sag, we're just like, yeah, but she has moon and Capricorn. And I think Pluto's near her moon. Oh yeah. 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 So there's like a Hades moon right there. Probably if it's, um, if it's conjunct, like big Hades moon vibes. Um, And like, I don't know if you feel every, every month when the moon goes through Capricorn and conjuncts Pluto, like there is like intensity in the the sky. My dreams go crazy. I'll be angry. I'll be like full of rage. And then I'll be like, oh, hold on. Just like just the moon and Pluto having a moment. Yeah. Like I have, um, my descendant is 26 degrees Capricorn. So Pluto's sitting on my descendant right now, which is oh. so fun in the last few years. Yeah. Um, so whenever the moon even goes into Capricorn and it like crosses my descendant, I get a little, and like being a Cancer rising, I feel like I track where the moon is because like today it's in Gemini. So I'm like, okay, it'll be good day to, to talk and whatever, but, totally. <laughs> but, um, I feel like I just feel it more strongly because of the cancer rising, but totally, totally. And you, yeah, you ruled by the moon. Like it literally has uh, a more intense effect on you. Mm -hmm. Um, All, all my cancer rising babies. I'm just like, it's okay. Okay. Right. Cause it's, you are part of the moon. And then with yours, you even, if you are Pluto is on your descendant, yeah, then he's opposing your ascendant too. It's like huge changes, right? Yeah. Big, massive. Yeah, that's been happening for a while. And I think it was happening. I didn't even like know. And then one day I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I even have um, Uranus is um, at 14 degrees right now, right on top of my Mercury at 14 degrees, which is like a once in a lifetime transit. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm just speaking my mind as it goes through this and I just don't care. Totally. That's and that's what you have to do, right? Like is just lay back and be like, okay, what's coming through? It's so big. I have um, Pluto opposing my Chiron right now and on top of now I've discovered my Lilith um, asteroid and like holy it has been such a transit like physically in my body for the last year Uh, we got in a car accident at the beginning of the year and then my body was just like going crazy and I was like what's happening and then I saw Pluto was opposing my Chiron in Cancer and I'm like oh this makes sense for everything Um, and then even with discovering this Lilith connection it's like everything that's been coming up for me is like literally the raw destruction of the old femininity I once knew and discovering like the true feminine that I am like the the wild woman Um, and like though it has been uncomfortable for the last year it has been beautiful and uncomfortable and beautiful. That's what Pluto brings for us. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone through because I guess my descendants, like my relationship area. So like, yeah, I had two breakups and then there was uh, just with like old friendships, like 
people you just like lose connection with people and it's like okay it just you have yeah. to kind of I've learned now you can't fight the transit if it's going to happen. You can't, especially with Pluto. Like there's no fighting. Um, I describe to my my people all the time when they're in Pluto, which all of my people are always in a Pluto transit or they're Pluto people. Um, Like just lay back and let the river take you because like if you fight, you could drown. If you just let it happen, you'll end up where you need to go. Yeah, it is trust. Yeah, it's funny you use that analogy because I think in a Leo, like I did, I did five Leo season interviews. I don't know how I know that many Leos, but um, one of the, she was a meditation teacher and she's like, you can't, when you're struggling, like the help could be right there. You have to just relax. She used like the same metaphor. Oh my gosh. It's such an energy right now. I love that because it, it is everything that's going on in the world everything that's going on in our worlds personally is like asking us to just lay, lay back, let it take you and trust that like, it's taking you down to where you're supposed to be going. Like stop trying to swim upstream. You've already been there. It didn't work. Just go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I always ask everybody about mindfulness because of this be mindful podcast. So, um, like, what does mindfulness mean to you? How do you explore it? And then maybe even how astrology plays into it for you. Totally. Okay. Mindfulness. So I heard someone talking about mindfulness. Oh my God. It must've been a year ago. And it, this like changed my thought on mindfulness forever. Um, he was saying how we call it mindfulness when it's actually mindlessness, because like a mindful means that like our mind is full. And what we're trying to achieve, well, not really trying to achieve, but like what we're looking for with mindfulness is actually a mind that is empty, right? Um, So that really like shifted my view on like what mindfulness actually meant, um, where my brain was like, wait a minute, it's like not about reaching and pulling and trying to like do all these things to become mindful. Instead, it's actually about releasing and surrendering and letting go of all these things in order to have less going on in my mind. So I would say for me, like mindfulness actually is the invitation for me to do less, be less, um, and just exist, which is super hard for me. Like, Uh, with all the energies going on in my chart, there's nothing in my chart that's like, be softer, relax, right? Like nothing. All of it is intense and fiery and um, busy. Um, So there is such a great invitation for me to just like stop doing, just stop and just like sit down and be in the messiness, in the overwhelm, in the upset, in the like bad emotions, as well as the good emotions, like just be, just be. Um, and that's played such a big role in my nervous system work as well, just being. So I would say definitely like that's what mindfulness is for me is actually mindlessness. <laughs> um, and then the way that I like to work with mindfulness, definitely yoga. Um, yoga every day is non-negotiable. If I don't, I am a monster. <laughs> and then also um, I'm not an avid meditator. I wish I was. Uh, My meditations I find are more 
beneficial for me if they're moving meditations like dancing and yoga and um, something that gets me out of my head when I sit in stillness I get into my head when I get into my body I actually get into mindfulness um, so I would say like movement for me is huge dancing really is the one like yoga kind of puts me in my brain because there's a plan but with dancing there's no plan so it makes me actually just really have less going on in my mind and get more into my body, more intuitive, which is like that Lilith energy of just like dancing like a freak. Um, I say to my husband all the time, like, why can't I dance like this in public? He's like, you can, but um, so I would say, yeah, like moving my body. It's that's my way. Yeah. Um, what you said about the mindlessness. So like I, I, I grew up dancing and so like I interviewed my dance teacher. She's a Leo. She's like the star performer and her episode just went up and she's hilarious. And she was like, mindfulness she's like Lisa I don't want my mindful and then she literally talked about the same thing you just did but oh my gosh you put that Leo sun energy so she was like she's hilarious so she was like not putting on the show but it was so entertaining her point of view from it and I was like you are totally right like it it is you shouldn't you don't want your mind full she's like I can't want it full any more full <laughs> it's already full like it's at the brim mm -hmm. oh my god I love that like we're all just kind of tapping into the same energies yeah. of like yeah we don't want it to be full we want it to be not empty like that's not possible but more conscious of all the stuff that's in it it's it's full so can we be mindful of its fullness yeah yeah oh I forgot what I was gonna say about that I, anyway but um the oh I lost what I was gonna say it's gone it'll come back if it's meant to <laughs> and then um I was gonna say because you because you are Virgo but do you have more mutable fixed or cardinal energy in your chart I am like a really intense balance of all of them. I think uh, my percentage wise is like 34, 33, 34, something like that. Like I, I am I'm quite balanced between the three, which is very frustrating sometimes. I was actually thinking about this yesterday where I was like, I don't finish anything. I start everything. I can stay in it and I can keep going and I can change it really well. But like, because I don't have enough fixed energy, I don't finish anything and because I'm like I have just enough mutable I'm always changing things and then it, my cardinal's like let's start things and I'm like could I have a little help here guys <laughs> so I'm quite um quite balanced with that not with the elements but with the the um, modalities okay yeah, I have the most mutable so I'm like always changing. okay always changing always changing experimenting I have no patience if it doesn't work I'm like snap next thing. over it goodbye yeah but um I was gonna say you said like the nervous system so I find that like for like again it's that like Virgo point for me like I have to go to nature get in my body or else it's just it's chaotic chaotic right and like your Gemini too Gemini Virgo like we need I have a Gemini Mars in the eighth house as well so like we need nervous system balancing like no other it is just like there is a buzz that goes on inside of us and it is insane. And if we do not ground and like get into our bodies and get out of our heads, like that mercury energy is just like, uh, so it's so important. I use um, sound therapy also for that because like that, that has been a, a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I find that I am. And I realized this when I was filming videos for Instagram, I fidget, like mm. I can't it's still even right now my hands are like down here I'm playing with my rings and I, I don't know why I can't sit still my friend one day like 
was like your foot is going and they're like stop moving your foot stop moving your leg I'm like I can't I'm a can't That's can't right it's always moving it's it's so true like I um my husband laughs at me because I like tap my foot when we're standing anywhere like I, I'm dancing to the music in my head and he's like like and I just like I'm like bopping like there's nothing playing and I'm bopping but it, it is a release for like mercury people right to move in some way helps us kind of like um, release the energy that's always going inside of us. Yeah. 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 Non-stop mental energy. Non stop. Yeah. My brother's a Virgo and he's talked to me five hours straight once. Cause he was, he had to process out loud what was going on, like with school. And I'm just sitting there and I understand it. So it's easy, but I not everyone would be able to like, be like, how are you overthinking this for five hours? <laughs> <laughs> it's just what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, so I always end off episodes. Um, I've like asked people like what's some advice from a Virgo and then also saying I, I'll link it in the show notes, but like how everyone can find you and where to work with you. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Advice from a Virgo. Hmm. Um, I would say my advice would be it's so similar to what you said earlier, like, just do it, like, stop thinking. Nothing will ever be perfect. Nothing will ever look the way you want it to. Your life will not look the way you thought it would, but that doesn't mean it's not beautiful and wonderful and perfect in its own way. And like, just do it. Just keep moving. Just like take the leap of faith uh, because I know we all get stuck in the what ifs and I could do it better and it could be this way. It could be that way. But like your life isn't stopping just because you are. So like keep going, keep going after everything you want. And like we really are the masters of our reality. So decide and just do it. It doesn't have to look good doesn't have to do, just do it because if you don't like your life's still gonna go and it's gonna be five years later and you'll have done nothing so just do it awesome. <laughs> um, and then how to connect with me uh, the easiest way would be instagram at vikabradford.com uh, not dot com. that's not my instagram at vikabradford my website is uh, vikabradford.com and those would be like the easiest way. I also just hopped onto TikTok uh, and it's been great. <laughs> I'm having a great time over there. So um, I, I am a little more informative, I would say on TikTok because I have such a platform to just talk, uh, which I'm good at. So if you wanna like learn right now, we're talking a lot about the witch wound and Scorpio and Pluto and it's been a great time. <laughs> so come join me on TikTok as well, which is the same at Vika Bradford. I have not gone into the TikTok yet. Like I have It's account. fun. It's, it's too much fun. I don't know. I'm like so resistant to it. I don't know. I was too. But I also feel like there's just like, it started off as like kids doing dances, but, it's, yeah. like, but I know there's more on there, but. Totally. Um, and I, I learned through a friend who did a TikTok bootcamp because I was super resistant, wasn't going to go get on it, wouldn't create an account. Um, and then she was like, your people are on TikTok. And I was like, what do you mean? And now I'm realizing like my people are on TikTok. They are so engaged. They want to talk to you. They want to comment. They want to discuss with you. Um, people are freaking pumped on TikTok. Instagram, it's like pulling teeth to get a conversation to happen. 
I love my Instagram community. You guys are like my sole people, but like to get people to talk and have a conversation on Instagram is pulling teeth on TikTok. They just want to talk to you and like, they want to get to know you. They're so excited. You're there. So go take the dive. Um, they just, they just want to learn. They're so excited on TikTok. Yeah. You may have convinced me because I filmed all these videos for Instagram, like with my planets of the days and everything. And I was, I was so excited. And then Instagram, it's like, they're not showing my content. It's so annoying. They're not. No. I uploaded them all to YouTube and like have, um, a short section, like videos under a minute. Yes. It got like 300 views in like a day. And I'm like, and I got like these likes and I got a subscriber and, and I'm like, oh my God, maybe yeah. I, need, I need to diversify things, but yeah, that's what I realized is like Instagram, you did your job, but it's really stunted at this point. Um, my Pinterest and my TikTok have grown like wildfire. Whereas like my Instagram is like, it, I can't, getting it to grow is exhausting. Um, whereas TikTok, like you just get to show up and be you and talk about what you love to talk about and your people will come. It's exciting. <laughs> you probably, you convinced me. I'll go follow you on TikTok. I, 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 didn't, I have to re-download the app on my phone, but like, okay. I'll follow we'll, you back. We'll, we'll end the episode with, get on TikTok. Your people are on TikTok. Your people are on TikTok. There's advice from a Virgo. <laughs> I feel like it's so funny. It's like, we're both Mercury ruled and like, we're talking about communication platforms like social media. Totally, totally. Well, Mercury is conjunct the sun right now being like, let's talk. If you loved today's episode, do not forget to share it with a friend or on social media or leave a review or rating below and make sure to tag us on social media at Be Mindful Studio or Be Mindful Podcast if you share it. Also, if you have any questions or feedback or maybe an episode idea that you would like covered, don't be afraid to message me on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you and stay in touch. Thank you so much again for your support, and I will see you very, very soon in the next episode.